Hi, and welcome to the Switchboard podcast. Funded by the Office of Refugee Resettlement, Switchboard is a one-stop resource hub for refugee service providers in the United States. My name is Kristen Guskovit. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a subject matter expert working with Switchboard to provide self-care resources. I have spent the last five years focused on staff care initiatives within the refugee, immigrant, humanitarian provider community. I'm the founder of Heart of Aid Work, which stands for Humanitarian Empathy and Refugee Trauma, and addresses the intersection between capacity building and staff care. Today, I'm joined by Meenal Geary. Dr. Geary has been practicing general pediatrics for over 17 years. She is the medical director of Melrose Park Pediatrics, a practice she and her father started together, where she cares for a medically underserved, largely immigrant community. Dr. Geary is also the founder and chair of the Refugee Immigrant Child Health Initiative through the Illinois chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Our goal for today is really to have an open conversation about how we're really doing. There's a lot out there right now about self-care and things that might help you to feel better. But the reality is, is that for most of us, those things might work some of the time, but don't work all of the time and sometimes don't work ever. And we are all really stretched thin. You know, you and I were talking last week, and I think you described the current circumstances perfectly. You said, I was already burnt out, and now this. I'm wondering if we could start there, and maybe you could say a little bit more about what you meant by that. You know, I think I wake up in the morning, I'm reading the news, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, the latest treatments, the latest developments, what's affecting, you know, the, the numbers here in Chicago. What are my colleagues doing? Uh, What's going on in the hospitals? How is it impacting my community? You know, and and in my day-to-day, we're we're kind of, we're afraid too, right? I go to work and unfortunately, I don't don't have the proper uh, PPE. So I'm reusing things and um, I'll have patients come in without masks and they don't want to put masks on. They don't, they don't necessarily, I don't know, tell you all their symptoms. And it's just, it's a little scary. I'm also, you know, faced with my children when I come home. So my, my daughter, you know, the other day was like, are you going to get COVID? Am I going to get COVID? Am I going to die? I'm coughing. Do I have COVID? I also feel, although I'm a pediatrician, I, I hate to say it, I feel ill-equipped to answer those questions when I'm already so overwhelmed. It's sometimes even hard to comfort her when I'm having a hard time stabilizing my own world. Yeah. And I know that when I, when I talk to my clients, they're sort of, they fall into two categories, right? The ones that are working from home and or are no longer working or furloughed are feeling a lot more sort of trapped and anxious and like they don't have a lot of opportunity to really do anything. And the ones that are, like you said, just sort of in it and trying to move through and trying to make things happen in the best way possible are worried. And at the same time, they're so busy that they're just putting everything aside and moving through a little bit like a freight train. Every time those sorts of things happen, like with your daughter, it's almost like a, a full stop because all of a sudden you can't run through like a freight train anymore. You actually have to be able to reflect. And I think that's incredibly hard. Yeah, I um, I have to s- stop and feel my feelings and, you know, feel her feelings. And 
I don't want to feel my feelings right now. It's not helpful for me in my day to day. And freight train is, I think, the perfect image. So much of my training is about rolling through it. And burnout has been kind of a fixture. And overlaying COVID, it's really, I don't know, it's disorienting. It's disorienting. You're in this space, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about the past, you're overwhelmed by the present. You don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. I said to a friend of mine that nothing's ever going to be the same again. And she said, no, it's not. And then I said, okay, I can't talk about that. I can't, I can't even really think about it. I can't conceptualize it because I think, I think it, it's going to start, it's going to hurt. And um, we're all in pain right now, I think, in different ways. But what I was thinking about was this quote, pain is inevitable, um, suffering is optional. And I think it sort of speaks to, you know, how you can meditate, how you can do these things that help you readjust your compass and see, you know, see the beauty in the world. I keep trying to reframe things with that. You know, even saying out loud that things are never going to be the same again was just, it's not, it's not helpful for me. It's not what, the, it's not going to give me the fuel I need to keep my train moving, I guess. I think that's really insightful. And I, I appreciate you being so honest because, you know, this idea that things are never going to be the same is, is I think the pain that all of us are feeling. And I know for me, one of the challenges I sometimes have with my clients is that they'll say something that they're struggling with. And somewhere in the back of my mind, I'll say, yeah, I'm kind of struggling with that too. And, uh, and of course, that's not what they're coming to me for. Um, but it's the reality that we're all here. And you're right, there are ways to sort of change the compass, like you said, to meditating, mindfulness, reframing. But of course, you know, not everything, of course, works for everybody. And so we have to sort of try things out and figure it out. And right now, going back to that idea of us being so overstressed, if you've never meditated before and you've never practiced mindfulness before, it's going to be incredibly hard to try it now. And even if you have and you put it aside for a while, it's going to be pretty hard to pick it back up. And so one of the things I keep trying to remind people of is to be really compassionate with yourself. So if you're trying those things out and it, the goal was 10 minutes and you made it through two, great, you made it through two, start there. You know, when you're trying to reframe and trying to find beauty in the world, there's still things to be joyful about. If it's harder to find for a little while, that's okay. As soon as you notice it, you go back to it and start again. And that's what I think we'll all be doing as we try and figure out what this new normal looks like. You know, a friend of mine said to me, this is the most free I've ever felt. And um, I feel like nobody knows what they're doing and there's no judgment. No one can really tell you what the right thing to do is. Um, and she, she, she found that really freeing. I think it speaks to what you just said, that if, it, if you mess up, try again. 
it's a funny space to be in to try and remind ourselves like of that because it sort of goes back to even parenthood, right? So when your child needs to try something again, that's exactly what you're saying. It's no big deal. Try it again. But when it comes to us as adults, we have a tendency to slip back into that mindset that you talked about earlier, that idea that you're supposed to just suffer through. You're supposed to just be strong enough. And especially in our community, I hear that a lot, like that concept that this isn't for everybody. This type of work isn't for everybody. And so if you can't hack it, there's something wrong with you, which is, of course, not true. In my opinion, if you don't have a bad day every once in a while, if things don't resonate with you a little bit too much every once in a while, then that's a different problem. And so I think that it is really important to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to go through these ups and downs and some days I'm going to handle it better and I'm going to use these skills. I'm going to look at what, what are my feelings and what are they telling me? And other days I'm going to do exactly what you said and say, I do not want to know what my emotions are saying right now today. I just have to get through the to-do list. I just have to get through the day. And both of those for right now are fine. It's when all of a sudden one of those takes over, right? All of a sudden you realize that you haven't actually felt your feelings for quite a long time. And you notice it maybe because you're more easily agitated or more easily detached. Or your emotions have taken over and you find yourself crying more regularly or yelling more regularly. Those are the moments that we need to stop and sort of say, okay, where are my, my coping skills? Where are my, my opportunities to start feeling a little bit better? And can I access them? Well, it's, I think the first time we met, we talked a little bit about um, how we as, as care providers, we interface with people and their feelings and their worries, their fears. And the way we connect is we're, we're porous. You know, we, we let them kind of pour into us and we reflect them. I, I've always had a hard time sort of shaking it off. Um, some some people can go in a room, talk to someone, and when they shut the door, it's behind them. And for other people, it might be a little more challenging. And that's and that's okay. For for a long time, I thought it wasn't, but it actually is, and it's probably what makes me a better provider. Uh, but I do want to um, go back for a second to the yelling more <laughs> because. I think a lot of parents in particular are really struggling right now, really struggling with having their kids, trying to meet their kids' academic needs, having um, to cope with maybe not having the material resources to support their children through schooling on computers and this and that, but also just the emotional energy it takes to have them around, you know entertaining them, being able to connect with them and comfort them. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's on top of everything else. Yeah, it's really difficult. And I know the clients that I have who are parents are having, all having very similar struggles and trying to do their best to, you know, take it moment by moment and be incredibly compassionate with themselves when they can't function for a moment and and keep going and then there's the clients that I have that are all alone 
Yes. And they are under a very different experience. Yes. And I, I want to call this out a little bit because I don't, I don't see that much always talked about with it. Those who have families are struggling because they have to share so much space and are so responsible for every aspect of each other's days in a way that has never been true before. And those who don't, who are used to being caregivers, especially in our refugee service community, who are used to taking care of so many people, their clients, their colleagues, used to being able to lead with their hearts in that way are really cut off right now and, uh, and don't have access to using their normal strategies of connecting with people and feeling that, that human porous connection, like you said earlier. And so I do think that it's important for us to, to note that everybody's got this really unique struggle right now. And everybody's looking for the same thing, which is genuine connection and genuine healing. And because we're all in it, it's a lot harder. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, I've been hearing a lot of like chatter about Zoom and how Zoom really isn't cutting it. <laughs> Zoom, I mean, Zoom's okay, but it's it's really not the same. We're forcing ourselves to fit into this new mold and yeah, not being able to to connect. I think that sums it up. Yeah. We've all been disconnected. And I've I've actually found myself like okay, well, what did I do before? Like, what did I do when I went outside? Well, like I went to Target. I don't, I don't know. I went grocery shopping and didn't, you know, worry about bumping carts with someone. Um, I did not have a glamorous life by any means. Um, so, so yeah, it's actually made me really think about my day-to-day choices, my, the, the things I take for granted you know, sometimes I go to the library to do my work and I've really been missing just being able to move into a different space. It's a different kind of suffering or alienation or whatever you want to call it. Well, it yeah, it changes our normal coping strategies, right? So I know for me, and I, I would say this for anybody that generally works with people who, um, who have a different first language, but a lot of my connection, even just normal out and about connection comes from body language, right? And the mm-hmm. way that you sort of connect with somebody. And we don't see that as much anymore, especially on Zoom, of course, you only see from the neck up. But, um, but even, you know, walking around when people have their masks on now, it's, it's a little bit harder to read subtle cues. And so it's a little bit harder to feel at ease not having that immediate access to everything beyond words, you know, the, the eye contact, if that's appropriate or available, the body language, the, even just the general smile when you know that you're misunderstanding something, that's isolating in and of itself. You bring up a really good point about worrying about our clients or patients. My, my patients are, a lot of them are essential workers. A lot of them um, don't have a choice, don't have the option of self-isolating or quarantining. It's, it's frightening for them, and they're vulnerable in, um, in many ways that I can't really protect them from. Uh, they can't protect themselves. There's the disparity that, that comes into play that you're also just witnessing uh, for lack of a better, like injustice of sorts, right? You know, we see that 
playing out in, you know, certain communities that are hit much harder than others because it's it's a privilege to be able to work from home. It's a privilege to be able to connect via Zoom. And we, you know, I can complain about having back-to-back Zoom meetings, but it's like certainly not the same as, you know, having to work in a factory or clean, you know, clean people's offices. Totally different animals and 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 scary. Scary for the patients, scary, you know, scary for the families. And that's on top of, you know, the legitimate physical worry, the fear for your for your safety and your health. So it's just like these layers crisscrossing and it Yeah. That's exactly right. We are almost out of time, but I did want to go back to that concept of reframing for just a second, because I know that this was a a challenging conversation to have, and I'm sure it'll be a little bit challenging sometimes when people are listening too, as, as it resonates, or I hope it resonates with people. And so I wanted to sort of think about if there's anything that's come out of this that you would like to see have a bigger impact on us as we go back to the new normal. And like by that, I mean, you know, for me, this concept and this conversation about self-care and staff care has been stronger than I've ever seen it. I don't know if there's anything else that you are thinking of that you would like to see maintain or have a bigger impact as we move forward. You know, I think a lot of people have found themselves stripping down to the essentials. Like what, what really brings meaning to me? What is um, what is truly important to me? What matters? And for a lot of people I've heard, it's it's family, it's love, it's friendship, it's connection. You know, I hope it's not material. It's not Amazon. It's, it's something deeper and uh, more, I don't know, intimate. And I, I hope people, I hope that's what people remember to hold on to. Absolutely. And I I absolutely agree that connectedness and that giving yourself that space, I think is wonderful. I am so grateful that you joined me on this conversation today. You know, I I can't say thank you enough. And I hope that any of our listeners are, are able to take away some of these ideas that first of all, everyone's, everyone's stress level right now, no matter how out of control it feels is pretty normal for where we're all at. Um, and the coping mechanisms that are out there from identifying your emotions to mindfulness to meditation to trying to get outside to take a walk are all great, but they may not all work for everyone and they may not all work all the time for you. Some days they will, some days they won't, and that's okay. It's about really taking the time to be compassionate towards yourself and understanding that no matter whether it works today or not, there's an opportunity to try again and keep moving forward in a way that will hopefully be supportive of what you need at this moment. Thank you again. Thanks so much.